Welcome back to Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider. Lots of intrigue this week. We're going to start off with Marcus Davenport. What's going on with him? We're talking about Jeff's free agents, free agency philosophies. Uh, talk about franchise tags. So we'll get into disinformation season. What does Jeff believe? Who does he listen to this time of year when he's trying to figure out who's telling the truth about what's going on with the draft, free agency, and everything else? Jeff, of course, former Vikings general manager, former president of the Tennessee Titans. Uh, now he's a uh, host right here at talknorth.com check out all the other shows at talknorth.com whatever you like whatever you find the show you like subscribe it is the easiest way to listen it's also free thanks to our sponsors white bear lake superstore and platinum bank we're coming to you from the aquarius home services studios and we do appreciate you listening jeff let's start off with this a little bit of intrigue surrounding marcus davenport who we were all disappointed in last year we're disappointed in the way the fact he didn't play much uh, and we're disappointed in the fact that Vikings signed a guy who hadn't played much. Uh, what's going on with him right now? Marcus Davenport, I thought, Jim, was obviously a big disappointment. He only played in four games. When he played, he looked pretty good as a solid player. He had four, two sacks, seven tackles, helped the run defense, helped the pass rush. And then he disappeared the rest of the season <laughs> with an ankle injury that was originally called a, a sprained ankle. And then it apparently became something worse. And so he, he plays in four games. But I think the issue is when you sign a player, and it goes against one of my cardinal rules in free agents, which is don't sign free agents who have a significant injury history to big deals, except in very rare cases with your own players, perhaps. And, and that may be where a Daniil Hunter falls in. You know more about them. You know he's been healthy the last two years, but Marcus Davenport, and I think the same thing with Cousins, you know that he only had one major injury in his entire career, which was the Achilles last year. So I think it's I think it's okay to resign Cousins and Hunter, but to, to bring back Davenport, to me, makes no sense because he's had two straight years where he's been injured. He's never played a full season in the NFL, and they're trying to to go back to his 2021 season when he had nine sacks in New Orleans, but he followed that up with a half a sack in 2022 where he missed several several games. And then last year he gets hurt again and has has issues and can't contribute. And they paid him 13 million bucks. So to me, that's just a very risky signing. And I would rather see them take that money. Now, what happened this week was he had a void date on his contract on February 20th. And if, if his contract had voided, then $6.8 million would have hit the salary cap as dead money for 2024. Now, if they apparently, if Quasi Adolfo Menza, the GM, is trying to th- is thinking about bringing him back and I'm sure he's looking at wanting to bring him back on a very close to minimum salary deal with big incentives. But even t- to me, to, to pay the guy a million or $2 million, I, I think it's, it's throwing good money after bad. I think the guy, you can't count on him. And I, I think it's a better plan just to take the, the dead money hit. You made a mistake there. He's had other good free agent signings, guys like Harrison Phillips, who was under the radar for $6.5 million a year, has put in a really good player. But 
the Davenport signing, not good. Byron Murphy last year, the, the jury's still out. He got hurt at the end of the year, and he'd been hurt the year before, too. He had an injury history. So you try to get these bargains, some of these GMs, with, with these guys with injury histories, and it, it very often comes back to bite them. I think Davenport sent him packing, put whatever money you were going to think about paying him, put it into DJ Wanham's contract, who's a potential free agent. And obviously Hunter's going to make big, big money, but Wanham's a guy that maybe you can sign for $10 million, $12 million or so a year after he had eight sacks last year, and he's coming off a, a uh, an injury that cost him the last couple games. So maybe his market value won't be quite as high as it would have been if he'd finished the year with double-digit sacks. But Davenport, to me, that's a, that's a mistake that you shouldn't repeat by double-downing, double-upping, or whatever Doubling you want down. to say. Yep. <laughs> and, and doing another contract with him, I think that's a mistake. And, and similar to, I think, other, other kind of mistakes that GMs make in free agency, which we could talk a little bit more about that next week and as we get closer to free agency. And, and one of those is don't let your current players talk you into signing former teammates in free agency, <laughs> which, is what, which is what Aaron Rodgers did with Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. So <laughs> those, those are some of the mistakes people make. And, and I think anytime you sign a, a player that's, it, that's older, it, it's, a, it's a dangerous signing. So the best players to sign – Guys like Antoine Winfield Jr., but he's going to be franchised by the Bucks, I think, and the franchise tag is available as of now for teams. Winfield Jr., he's the kind of guy you want to sign. He's coming out of his rookie contract. He's in his mid-20s. He's in his prime. Yes, uh, and the Vikings would love to have him. It's not, it's not going to happen, but it, the Vikings would love to have him. How do the Vikings treat franchise tag season is there anybody in their roster eligible or logical to sign to a franchise tag right now no there really isn't and the, the franchise tag period opened on february 20th this week goes through march 5th and there are um obviously the two biggest candidates would have been cousins and hunter but they both have clauses in their contract that preclude the vikings from franchising them which is, is kind of unfortunate that they don't have the tag available for, the, for those guys. And other than that, really, I, I don't think there's anybody else among their potential free agents. For DJ Wanham, it would be a, about a 20 million franchise tag number. They're not going to want to pay him that kind of money. And so I don't think he's going to be in the, in the hunt for it. The only other possibility would have been perhaps Greg Joseph. Uh, the kicker franchise tag is around... Be, uh, about five point seven five million, and but but he only made two million last year. I don't I don't think they're going to give him that kind of raise, and they probably figure they can get him re-signed. He's happy here, he's comfortable here, and so I don't think there's any other free agents that the Vikings would consider tagging. But there are several players around the league that are going to get the franchise tag. Guys like T. Higgins, the wide receiver at the Bengals, who beat the Vikings this year at the end of the game. Michael Pittman, a wide receiver at the Colts. Saquon Barkley could well get it again at the Giants. A couple of really good edge rushers, Josh Allen in Jacksonville, Brian Burns in Carolina, which would not help the Vikings cause on Hunter if both those guys are off the market because they're probably the premier edge rushers and probably ahead of Hunter only because they're also three and four years younger than him, but they're almost certainly going to get tagged by their teams. So then that, that makes 
Daniel Hunter, probably the premier edge rusher in free agency. There's more pressure on Kwesi to get a deal done before March 13th. Uh, the Ravens have their defensive ta- tackle, Matabuke, he, uh, Christian Wilkins at the Dolphins, a defensive tackle, Jalen Johnson, really good corner at the Bears, and I mentioned already Antoine Winfield Jr. So there'll be plenty of players tagged, but I don't think anybody by the Vikings this year. Uh, you mentioned two things that jumped out at me. Number one, just to clarify, the Vikings can't franchise tag Daniel Hunter. No, it was part of his renegotiation last year when he – Got got some more incentives in his contract, and they when he wanted that that big extension, and, and they weren't ready to do it at that point, and so that was part of the negotiation that that he was allowed to not be tagged as a franchise or transition player this year. And again, just to remind people, the franchise tag is a one year tender for for basically your one of your best players usually at, at the average of the top five salaries at the position and. And the transition tag is at the average of the top 10 players at the position. The transition tag gets you a right of first refusal only. The franchise tag gets you, if it's non-exclusive, gets you two first-round picks if somebody signs that player and you don't match the offer. And there's also the exclusive franchise tag, which is rarely used, which is a higher number, and then teams can't negotiate with that player at all. And, And there's been a lot of rumblings that when the CBA ends in 2030 that this might be a a focal point for the Players Association, perhaps, to try to negotiate this franchise tag out because it it kind of suppresses, obviously, the market at the very top for some of these players for their market value. But I think it also suppresses the entire market when a a player doesn't have that opportunity, a premier player, uh, such as Lamar Jackson last year was hit with the franchise tag. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But but for now, it's part of the CBA, and, and perhaps it'll stay in there because we know the Players Association likes to appeal more to the to the kind of the 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 mass players in the in the union, not necessarily the star players, and, and more more the the players that are minimum salary guys. There's more of those guys that that vote. On, on who's going to be the next executive director. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all unfolds. But but for now, that's how franchise tag, transition tag plays out. But I, I had a lot of experience with both, Jim. And sometimes they work to your benefit, sometimes they don't. When, when, when I put the franchise tag on John Randall back in 1998, and he was a first-team all-pro defensive tackle, future Hall of Famer, well, the Dolphins went after him. And, and I had to, to basically negotiate a deal that was higher than what I wanted to do because I, I, I thought they would sign him and, and give up those two first-round picks, which has rarely, if ever, happened. I also had a very tough experience with Robert Smith where that same year I put the, the transition tag on him. Now, today, you can't use both the franchise and transition in one year. At that time, you could. So I put the transition tag on Robert Smith in 1998, and this is going into our 15-1 season. And as you recall, he had, had had several major injuries in his career early, a couple ACL tears, but he'd been a really good player, had been a 1,000-yard back the year before, and Seattle supposedly was offering him a, a $25 million five-year deal that I got a call from his agent, Neil Cornrich in Cleveland, saying, Robert wants to stay with you, but you're going to need to 
to come up with a structure close to what they're offering, or we're going to put an offer sheet on you that it's going to be really hard for you to match because it'll be a, a huge signing bonus and uh, or a higher cap number in the first year. We had a very tight cap. And so w- when I do my college speaking, I talk about contract negotiations and how sometimes you're very fearful how it's going to turn out. And and I, I, I talk about how I drove home that night, Jim, after I agreed to to basically match the Seattle offer, which, which, by the way, I couldn't verify with with the Seahawks or with the or with the NFL PA or the NFL management council, or that would have been collusion. And so, and of course, the Seahawks would have told me anyway. But it's it's just I, I had to turn off the, the the highway to the side of the road because I was getting physically ill thinking about matching that offer. I thought it's going to blow up in my face. Robert's going to get hurt. I'm going to get fired. <laughs> but as it turned out, he has a great year. We go 15 and one should have gone to the Super Bowl. He has two more great years. His last year, he led the NFC in rushing over 1500 yards, as you know, and then he abruptly retires. <laughs> so, but by then I was down in Tennessee. I wasn't worried about Robert Smith's contract anymore, but that that's some of my experience with franchise and transition tags which has been good and bad. <laughs> That's really interesting. All right. Uh, next thing I want to ask you about is disinformation season. Uh, how do you, you know, so many fans are react to everything they hear or see on the internet or on ESPN's talking heads or any place. And I want to get into how information flows this time of year. First though, tell us more about Wiper Lake Superstore, wiperlakesuperstore.com. Thanks Jim. Always happy to talk about the White Bear Lake Superstore Buick GMC with my longtime friend, owner, Paul Rubin, general manager of Charlie Gutrell, and their fantastic staff, Minnesota's number one volume, Buick GMC dealer, six years running, with the best selection and their super-friendly premium team. Check out their great website, WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com, and you will see 0.9% APR on a $2,750 purchase allowance and an additional $750 off on 2023 Buick Envisions. 0.9% APR and a $1,500 purchase allowance on 2024 GMC Terrains, plus no monthly payments for 90 days on those vehicles. 2.9% APR on tw- new 2024 Sierra 1500s and a lease special on 2024 Hummer EV. The White Bear Lake Superstore is the Quigley 4x4 van superstore. They are a certified elite dealer. Only 7% of GM dealers make the cut. Visit in person at 3900 Highway 61 North in White Bear Lake or online at WhiteBearLakeSuperstore.com for all your vehicle needs and the premium experience. Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Let's also thank our longtime sponsor, Platinum Bank. Happy to talk about our great sponsor, Platinum Bank, as your bank a partner or simply a provider in today's environment. Businesses and individuals need a bank that can move quickly and act creatively. Platinum Bank understands the Twin Cities market, partnering with clients to overcome the challenges capitalize on opportunities and helping Twin Cities executives to grow their businesses. Platinum Bank's financial products are tailored to meet the unique needs of your organization and solve your problems, not create them. I am a very happy Platinum Bank client and account holder, have been for several years and have personally experienced tremendous customer service, working with Executive VP Nate Erfer and VP Drew Lynch. To learn how Platinum Bank can be an asset to your business, Visit www.platinumbankmn.com, Platinum Bank, providing a means to a dream. And again, we're coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services Studio, and we do appreciate you listening and, uh, and patronizing our sponsors. Thanks to everyone involved. 
who's helped make Talk North a success. Uh, so this time of year, anybody can predict anything, right? There are so many possibilities on the table, especially this year. All the quarterback uh, positions in flux around the league, so many good draftable quarterbacks, quarterback openings. Uh, who? How? First of all, did your do you feel like your organization ever contributed to disinformation when you were running things? Did you believe in that tactic? And who do you believe when you 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 listen to talking heads and read people these days? Yeah, I, I thought it was a waste of time, Jim, because I really felt that all the other teams know that. Yeah. that there are certain teams that put out the, the disinformation and, and whether it was, for example, Warren Sapp back in the mid nineties, when, when they put out the, the information, uh, which turned into disinformation about, about failed drug tests and all that stuff, which made him slide in, in the first round. And, and it actually did have an effect on a lot of teams because he ended up going after we had already picked Derek Alexander, who was a good player for us, but he wasn't, a future all pro that Warren Sapp was. So, so I would say in the case of Warren Sapp, we perhaps bought into that information a little bit in that case. And, and again, you, you don't know where it's coming from. You don't know who you can verify it with other than call. You talk to, if you talk to the player's agent, they're not going to tell you anything negative about the player. And you talk to the colleges and, and they're kind of buttoned up on it because they want their players to get drafted as high as possible. It looks better for their program. So Bobby Bowden down in Florida, at Florida State, I think at the time, with SAP, he's not going to say anything negative about him. And it's just a, a really tough thing. So I think you're best off putting on blinders. You, you try to get information from the school, from agents, from other people. But ultimately, you have to depend on your own ratings, your own eyes, and, and how you view a player. And again, looking at, at how they performed on the field in college, as opposed to getting all hung up on what their measurables are at the combine that starts next week. And it's that that's just a crazy time. As we know, uh, at IFA, we've got three players getting ready to go to the combine. So we're getting those guys prepped up. And it's, it's just a really interesting time of year. But again, the disinformation is out there all the time, and especially it seems around combine time when you're only a couple of weeks from free agency and there's all kinds of rumors about who's going after what player, how interested is Atlanta and Kirk Cousins, who's interested in Daniil Hunter, guys like some of the premier free agents that are going to be potentially available who may not be franchised. And I'm talking about guys like Mike Evans at Tampa Bay. Is he going to re-sign with the Bucks? Is he interested in going somewhere else? What's the, what's going on with Chris Jones in Kansas City? He's got a huge number. If the Chiefs were to try to franchise him, it'd be about about thirty million bucks, and probably won't do that. And and so maybe they put the franchise tag on Legarius Sneed. It's just a, a really crazy time of year when you get close to free agency, which. As you and I have talked often about, the NFL loves that. <laughs> Keeps them in the news. <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. You know, I've talked to a lot of uh, women in women's sports the last handful of years about, you know, how do you break through? How do you become a bigger deal? How do you attract more attention from the talk shows, from uh, ESPN, from local media? And I said, you know, if you want to look at learn anything from the NFL, it's that speculation drives intrigue. And that's what the NFL, and in some ways, the NBA offseason is more interesting than the regular season. Now, maybe not this year with, around here because the Timberwolves are so good, but most NBA offseasons are more interesting than the regular seasons. 
NFL off seasons are sometimes more interesting than the regular seasons. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth to that. And and certainly in Chicago, there's all kinds of intrigue with what's going to happen with Justin Fields. Fields finally spoke this week on a podcast with the St. Brown brothers, and, and he said, I just want this to be over with. I'd like to stay in Chicago, but if they're going to trade me, just do it. And if they're going to take Caleb Williams or Drake May or whatever, but I, I think the tea leaves probably are that the, the Bears are going to go ahead and trade Fields. I think part of the reason that's going to happen is because then they get a, a rookie quarterback on a five-year deal, essentially, whereas if they kept Fields, they'd have to face a fifth-year option next year and or in two years, and they, they'd have to make a decision on him. So I, I think they're going to move him probably for a second-round pick somewhere, and, and maybe that might help the Vikings if he got traded, for example, to Atlanta, which is yep. one of the places that is being discussed with Justin Fields, too. So that could play in the Vikings' favor in terms of the Kirk Cousins negotiations. We'll, we'll see how that shakes out. But I also thought it was interesting, when you talk about the offseason, Jim, and the NFL and staying in the news, I think it was, wasn't it Derek Falvey of the Twins who, who made a comment this week that Major League Baseball perhaps should kind of follow that lead and, and stay more in the news in the offseason yes. earlier than they do? With, yes. with some of the some of the move up their signing dates so that so that some of these players that stay on the market so late and the speculation starts in February when they're already in spring training, he's saying, hey, let's get get, get this thing moved up a little bit so some of these signings come earlier, which gets us in the news in our offseason. No doubt about it. You look and it's a really instructive case here. The twins hit a high point in popularity stretch run, and in the playoffs. They won their first playoff series since 2002. They had Royce Lewis explode on the scene. Uh, the games at Target Field were a blast. The playoffs were a blast. They, they, this felt like a twins town for the first time in a long time, at least briefly. And then, bang, offseason comes, and the twins do almost nothing. And right. Shohei Otani, one of the greatest free agents in baseball history, uh, end up like not – he like kind of – kept this cloud of invisibility around him and put out this information about where he was going because he didn't want speculation. This should have been a great offseason for the Twins, should have been a great offseason for Major League Baseball. The Twins should have been out there, you know, at least trying to sign free agents and talking about it. Otani, the Otani news should have been in a major headline in every newspaper and outlet in the country. And instead, it was a dead offseason. And that killed, I, I really feel like that killed the momentum for the Twins be, becoming more popular in this market. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and and that's something as I said that Falvey mentioned, and and so yeah, it's just uh, it's really interesting. You look at how different sports approach things differently, and so. But for the NFL, this is a, a, a very fascinating time of year as we lead into this is now franchise tag season. Then you have the combine, then you have free agency starts March eleventh essentially so we're less than a couple weeks away from that three weeks away you lead into the pre-draft speculation which, which is more probably more intense with the nfl than any other sport partially because the nba only has two rounds in their draft and so and and, and major league baseball draft the players don't play usually for several years uh, and the hockey draft, uh, the guys are all kind of unknown guys, but but people know these college football players, so there's a lot of speculation there. And then immediately you're into OTAs and mini camps. So for a GM, which is so different from when back in my GM days, when really the month of February 
was very quiet early on, even before, actually before I was a GM, before free agency, the month of February was very quiet except for the combine. And then my third year in free as a GM, we, we started having free agency and then the whole calendar flipped and it became much more hectic in February and March than it used to be. So, but for these GMs, really there's, there's no rest until they get to mid-June after, after mini camps and then they can take a month off and get ready for training camp. Yeah, uh, great points. Hey, uh, next week, let's talk about Drake May. Let's talk about the Combine. And, of course, we'll dive more into rumors that we believe and don't believe. Uh, and, and I want to get more into the possibility that Fields could end up with the Falcons and what that means for Cousins. For this week, let's get a final thought from Jeff. Uh, once again, thank you to White Bear Lake Superstore. Thanks to Platinum Bank. Thanks to Aquarius Home Services. Thank you for listening. We do appreciate it. And, again, if you like the show at TalkNorth.com, Please subscribe to the favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Well, a good complimentary show to this show is our Viking Update show with John Krasinski and I, who have both been covering the Vikings for decades, talk about uh, all these issues from the writer's perspective. This, of course, is the expert perspective of Jeff Diamond. So, Jeff, give us a final thought for today. Yeah, we, we talked last week, Jim, about Mike Zimmer landing yeah. in Dallas as the defensive coordinator. And t- today I'm a, my thought is about Another coach who I'm really happy that he is back in the NFL. I'm talking about Mark Tressman, St. Louis Park native, very yes. close friend of mine uh, who I grew up with. And he has joined Jim Harbaugh's L.A. Chargers staff as a senior offensive assistant where he'll, he'll work with, with, with Harbaugh and with offensive coordinator Greg Roman and with Justin Herbert, a great quarterback, as the Chargers try to, to kind of reboot and get back to playoff status. And and I, I'm really happy for Mark. He wanted to get back in the league, and he has had a, had a, a fantastic career as, as a very successful Super Bowl coordinator, offense coordinator with the Raiders, and, and a former head coach with the Bears, and won three great cups in Canada as a head coach in Montreal and Toronto, had been a former assistant coach on Bud Grant and Jerry Burns' staff here with the Vikings, and kind of a funny story. I actually signed Mark and we, we grew up together and it was the first sign, first contract that Mike Lynn, our former GM said, Hey Jeff, go sign your buddy, Mark Tressman. <laughs> and, and Mark was actually trying out as a defensive back as a safety in, in 1979 and 1980 when Bud Grant was, was, uh, was, the, was the coach and he made it to the final cut. He'd never played safety. He was a, he was a quarterback at St. Louis Park All State at, at Minnesota, where he backed up Tony Dungy. Then he went to Moorhead State, and then we, uh, I signed him as a safety. And then, and as I said, made it to the final cut. Launched his, his college coaching career at Miami with Howard Schnellenberger, won a national title, and then ended up here getting hired by Bud as an assistant coach. So, and then moved on to being a coordinator for many years, and then a head coach. So I'm really happy for Mark. He really wanted to get back in the league. He's a great offensive. Coach, great, brilliant offensive mind, and, and I think he'll be a great addition to the Chargers. And, and I think it also speaks to, you talk about sometimes the age discrimination in sports and, and the fact that he had, he had to wait a few years to get back in the league. It's just, it's just kind of strange when they hire all these very young head coaches, guys like Kevin O'Connell here with the Vikings and, and on and on, Brian Callahan down in Tennessee, very young coaches that get hired, Sean, Sean McVay at LA when he was hired. And I think it, it kind of works against some of these older coaches. It, it took Zim a few years to get back in, in Dallas and it took Mark a few years, but, but these guys are very smart 
have a lot to offer, and I think Mark will really help the Chargers. And he also has a, a very good relationship with Jim Harbaugh. Even going back to uh, he worked with Jim, I believe it was on the Raiders staff, going way back early in Harbaugh's coaching career. And so Harbaugh remembered that and, and hired Mark now. That's really cool. I, I knew Mark back in the day, always liked him, always thought highly of him. It's really good to, good to have him back in the league. That's a cool thing. Thanks for I, I hadn't noticed that in the news cycle. Thank you for bringing that to our attention. Yeah, for sure. And so, yeah, as I said, very happy for him. And uh, and so, yeah, so it's just, like I, we said, interesting time, and we'll have a lot to talk about in future weeks as we lead into combine free agency draft and et, et cetera. <laughs> no doubt. I'm Jim Suhan for Jeff Diamond and TalkNorth.com. Thank you for listening.